What is up, everybody, and welcome to True Blue Cubs. I am your host, Joe Kilgallen. Welcome to the podcast. For those of you listening for the first time, I am a diehard Chicago Cubs fan, as you'd imagine, right? What kind of dumbass would name his podcast True Blue Cubs if he wasn't a diehard Cubs fan just like you? I'm also a stand-up comedian born and raised in the city of Chicago. You can check out my stand-up comedy on YouTube. It is not safe for children, so if you're seven, don't be watching it, please. You shouldn't be listening to this podcast, honestly. If you're seven, you could love baseball, but to be listening to podcasts regularly about it, a little weird. A fly just flew into my room. Son of a gun. I'm going to kill that thing. Anyhow, um, today's episode of the True Blue Cubs podcast, I would like to talk about the big news that is going on in the Cubs verse, and that is that President of Baseball Operations, Jed Hoyer, has announced that longtime outfielder, right fielder specifically, Jason Hayward, will not take another at bat in a Chicago Cubs uniform. Some of you out there are hearing this thinking, this is great news. Other, The fly might go right into the fucking, how did it get in? Okay, sorry, this is not good podcasting, but it's going to annoy the hell out of me if I don't do something about it. I kill that son of a bitch. Okay, so on the matter at hand, uh, some of you are thinking, this is great. Jay has been terrible for so long. Thank God he's gone. I, for one, am not going to have that attitude. I am happy about the move. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not going to celebrate the end of a man's career. I just, who knows? Maybe he'll pick up another team, but we all know his best days are behind him. And it's a shame really, because he's not very old. I believe he's 33, just turned 33. We, he was a free agent at 26 and, you know, was an all-star for a few years there before joining the Cubs. A lot of head scratching things. There'll be a lot of people thinking what happened, what went wrong. Why did he sign a $184 million deal and all of a sudden not become good? But first, let's talk about what this move means. It means that the Cubs feel serious about getting to that next great team as soon as possible. And I know a lot of people are thinking, well, I'm sure they were serious. Really, though, could you honestly say, doesn't this make you feel like even more confident about the upcoming offseason and then the offseason after that? Because it always felt like as long as Jason Hayward's on the team, he's going to get at bats. Now that this announcement has been made, they are signaling to us, the fans, that no, we know. We know he's not good anymore. And we also know that he is taking at bats away from players we'd like to take a longer look at. Um, I think before I swatted that flyaway, I was going to say I'm not celebrating the end of a man's career because I just don't think that's a cool thing to ever do. Do I agree with this move? Of course, 100%. Uh, but I will always be grateful to Jason Hayward. I joked on Twitter the other day, Martin Luther King, John F. Kennedy, Jason Hayward, three of the greatest speeches of all time. Many of you know that the Cubs entire clubhouse credit Jason Hayward for calling that rain delay meeting and rallying the troops and getting everyone all pumped up. He famously said, I reminded them who they were. And that's history making right there. So... I said, I said right there, it was worth it for the speech alone that his contract was. And I've never liked when people said, well, we couldn't sign any other big free agents because of that sunken cost. Uh, that's not a, that's not a move. Big, that's not an excuse. Big market teams make. I mean, the Yankees said Jacoby, Jacoby Ellsbury's dead weight for a long time. And they've got a lot of dead contracts over the years. I never stopped them. Same with the Dodgers. They've had some dead contracts. I mean, they've had Trevor Bauer. Now David price basically is dead money. And they had tons before that in, you know, earlier in the last decade. Red Sox, for example, have done the same thing too. And it doesn't stop them. 
obviously you don't want too many of those on the books. Don't get me wrong. That will make things complicated, but one contract, I never enjoyed hearing people say, I didn't understand why people would accept that. You're a fan of a major market team. You pay major market prices, all this stuff. You know, I remember my dad used to say, yeah, the Cubs were bad growing up, but they were at least cheap. You had some, we had some years where the Cubs are bad and they're expensive. At least I'll say this under the last decade from 2012 to now 2022, the bad years at least felt there was still a purpose to them, whether I disagreed with them at times, you know, I definitely disagree with this most recent rebuild. I understand a reset being more likely. Um, we are in year two of the rebuild. The rebuild started when they traded Darvish and didn't sign Schwarber. That's simple. I know a lot of people want to pretend like 2021 wasn't an attempt at rebuilding. It was, I believe the front office was very happy when that 11 game losing streak happened because then they could get the wheels in motion on what they really wanted to do, which is fine. I can understand that. I just disagree with it. Plain and simple. Um, I got to give a shout out to uh, a lot of people who, who listen and are great people here. Um, some really good Twitter accounts out there. So um, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to turn on my phone there. Sorry, this fly has really derailed this, the start to this episode. I want to do a quick 15-minute hit piece here and talk about Jason Hayward specifically. Uh, the game is currently going on. The Cubs are battling the Washington Nationals. It is Tuesday night. I'm recording this, so I can't give you any insight on exactly what happened in the game other to say that Suzuki's hit a home run, which is nice. The score is 1-1. One to one. Okay, so... Um, What's his name on Twitter here? I lost his tweet. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm saying someone's tweet without giving them credit. That is my fault. Matt Clapp, I think it is. He tweeted about how it was still the right move at the time, although you got the wrong result. And there were people going, no, it was a bad move. I didn't think he was that good or worthy of it. Listen, you were getting a guy who was coming off of back-to-back -back seasons of a five or more war, which is considered elite. Anything four and above, really 3.5 and above is all-star level. Five and above is elite. Less than 20 players across both leagues usually have a war above five, I'd say. And Hayward was 26. There was no reason to think he was going to fall off that badly. Just no reason. You thought, all right, maybe they could help him get a little more power. He was a 293 hitter with St. Louis the year before. Still a good on base guy. The bad speed was always there. With me and Jason Hayward, just do the eye test. It was just an ugly swing. I mean, when he connected with the home run, it looked good. But remember his warm-up swings? Some guys, when they take warm-up cuts, look good. He looked like Charles Barkley's golf swing. There was a weird little hitch in it. A real hesitation more than a hitch, I should say. Just wasn't fluid. And his back leg didn't turn the way most hitters do. You know, like that when you make contact and your hips turn through, the back, like your back ankle kind of turns with it. And his didn't always. So that's why I think he always pounded the ball into the ground. He just couldn't get his, his arms and hips lined up. And I think it had a lot to do with his lower half. And his swing and his grip always looked weird. If you can, look at a Jason Hayward at bat. His top hand, he would have his thumb up. And I thought that was something he would just kind of do. And then when the swing came, he was lined up. But it looked like he wasn't lined up when the swing came through. That's just going off the eye test here. I'd have to talk to a real hitting coach who knew what they were doing to really break it down. Or they would tell me that stuff really doesn't matter. What you really need to look for is this. And then you can go, okay, fine. Um, So yeah, I'm excited that it seems like, all right, they know how important it is for young guys to get the at-bats and they're going to get them those at-bats. 
that was something that Cubs teams in the past didn't always do. I mean, by in the past, I'm talking about the Jim Hendry era. When you have guys like Nafi Perez taking at bats every day in August and September, you know, 37-year-old pop belly middle infielder who couldn't, who had the range of about a yard either way, uh, a yard's generous now that I think about it, a yard's three feet, uh, taking at bats when your team is 30 games below 500. Like there was just years like that. And so uh, hats off to Jed. I like that that's the case and they're doing that. Um, Jason Hayward, what he means to this organization, I I hope maybe he picks up with some team. Maybe someone gives him a chance in the offseason. More than likely. I just, I don't know. If you're Jason Hayward, first of all, don't feel bad. You, you got the money, baby. You, you, you took the bag, as the kids say. You're a World Series champion. You're beloved. Great teammate. Anyone who's ever been a teammate of Jason Hayward's can't stop saying enough good things about him. He did. He's done great things for the youth in the city of Chicago, which I love being in Chicago. I'm a big fan of what he's done. I'm hoping, I hope he does pick up with some team. If he still wants to play baseball, my realistic guess is that he just gets minor league offers, meaning, you know, non-roster invitee, you come to spring training. If you kill it in spring training and we have a spot in the outfield for you, you could be a fourth outfielder. That's, my guess of the best case scenario for him. Um, you know, I think if they would have, if he was healthy and he was cut early in the year, a desperate team, like maybe like a white Sox, would have said, we need a right fielder who could play defense, maybe getting out of change of scenery might help. Let's bring him to the South. Side. I think that could have happened, but with an off season, I just, I don't see it. There's been better hitters at similar ages who didn't get picked up later in their career. You know, Derek Lee was coming off a better year. Maybe he was a little bit older. Jermaine Dye. I'm trying to think of other examples of players where I was surprised they didn't get another shot later in their career when it was clear they wanted one. I think Hayward doesn't get picked up, takes the year off because he can't start coaching. I, I don't think he can at least. Year off. He collects that final $23 million from the Cubs. Then 2024 Cubs, he is some sort of outfield coordinator. He is in that dugout as some kind of coach. That's my prediction for Jason Hayward. I really think I see it. I think coach is where he's got a lot to give to the game. Such a great clubhouse guy. It just, it makes sense to me. I could see David Ross saying, yeah, let's get you out there. Um, because look, in his day, Jason Hayward was the best defensive outfielder. Probably him and Kiermaier were the two best defensive outfielders in baseball for a good five to seven year stretch there from, I want to say, like 2012 to 2017. There was Jay Hayes' era where he was just a phenomenal defensive player. And uh, I could see him taking that gold glove knowledge into the Cubs. Why not, right? All right, here's some players I want to see get some at-bats now. Now, the Cubs just picked up Reyes. The Cleveland Indians dropped him, and we scooped him up. This guy is a high strikeout guy, but a big power guy. Three out of his four seasons, he showed tremendous power. Four to five. He's been terrible this year, but he'd been above average hitter throughout his career. Was he worth picking up? Yeah. Am I like excited? Excited? Not really. No. Um, I think it's a low risk move. It was like Clint Frazier. You're like, all right, yeah, let's give him a go. Cubs never really gave Clint Frazier a good go when they should have in the season because Jason Hayward was on the way. He's been getting at bats in Iowa, and it's just not working out for Clint Frazier. I don't know. Um, 
seems like a good guy. He's a guy that I could see getting a minor league deal and actually being like, yeah, I'll play in the minors because I need to prove myself again. I just don't see Jason Hayward taking $23 million and playing on someone's minor league team next year in hopes of getting called back up to the show. I just don't. What's the point at that stage in his career? So uh, Nelson uh, Velasquez, great game last night. I was actually at the Cubs game. Um, shout out to my sister-in-law, Bridget, for hooking it up with tickets. My wife and uh, my two sister-in-laws, uh, we went to the game and we sat in the Maker's Mark Club, which uh, for free, which is amazing. It's all you could eat, all you could drink, front row, right next to the Nationals dugout, like to, to the right of it. Really amazing. But Nelson had himself a game. So I want to see him get as many at-bats as possible from now to the end of the season. I mentioned Reyes. I want Reyes DHing. It's again, I'm fine with the move. When I say Matt, I just don't know if I believe him becoming a guy. Yeah, he's hit 30 home runs twice in his career, but I don't know. There's just not enough I love about him to make me think that he's going to just become great and he's going to be our DH the next couple of years. I just, I don't. I think there's better guys we could get at similar money, even. I don't know. I mean, why are we shouldn't even be thinking that cheap? I mean, I hope he does well. Obviously, anyone puts in a Cubs uniform, I'm rooting for him. So I want Reyes getting as many DH spots as possible. He should be our DH from now to the end of the season. Um, Velasquez, I don't care where you play him in the outfield because it's about at bats. You know, if we're trying to win games, then you worry about your defense a little bit. But right now, we're trying to see who's who for the future. So I want Happ and left. I want Nelson in center and Suzuki in right, of course, because Suzuki needs to get all the at bats too because he was injured and he had a home run today. And you just want to get him more and more confident going into next year. Uh, that's your outfield, and then Reyes DH. I want Morel at third, Nico at short. I want Madrigal at second, because again, we traded one of the top closers in baseball for him last year, and he was a guy who's hit at every level until this season. And then um, Wisdom at first, or you could, um, you know, I, Schwindel was sent down to AAA Iowa. Great story. I, he earned his chance to play at the major league level this year. Cause he was a guy who always produced in the minors. He kicked ass for two months last year. I was fine with giving him a go because you had the DH as well. You know, I obviously I was beating the drum and Hey, let's bring Rizzo back. I don't know why they didn't re-engage conversation in the off season, but Joe, he turned down five years, 70 million in spring training of 2021. I don't know what the fuck that has to do with talking to him in November of 2021, or even in March of 2022 after the lockout. They never called him again. They could have called him again. Clearly, the price changed. He didn't have as good a season as he wanted to. Blah, blah, blah. But uh, I was fine with giving Schwindel a go. It's not going to happen, though. Uh, Higgins could get some looks over at first base. He's looked really good. But a reminder, everyone. I like how all the same people are like Wisdom and Schwindel. They're 29, 30-year-old rookies. So is Higgins. Higgins is 29. So, again, what are we banking on? To everyone on the board, the Mervis train. Mervis is dominating AAA Iowa. This was a guy they got... The 2020 draft was only five or six rounds. They got him undrafted um, that year, and uh, he's been tearing it up ever since. He's 23, 24, I want to say. Reminder, a lot of prospects are going to be a year older because of there was no minor league season in 2020 due to the pandemic. So just don't, when you see 24, just think to yourself, really 23. It's, prospects will be coming up at older ages than they had in previous years due to the fact that there was no minor season, minor league season in 2020. Friendly reminder. I don't think he gets the call up because they don't want to fuck with the 40 man roster right now. Cause then they got to cut people, make moves. They're just going to let him finish their triple a Iowa, give him a go in spring training. If he kicks ass, then they could, you know, he could give first base. He could be the first baseman. 
He's a left-handed bat. They need lefties. They need balance. You need balance in your lineup. Um, as far as any other outfield call-ups go, there's a few names I'm looking at, but as far as the ones I just said, that's who I want to see August. When September rolls around, we'll do another podcast where we talk about the September call-ups and who should be knocking the door of some at-bats. Now, the guy McKindry or McKinstry or whatever, I forget his name, that we got from L.A., he's a utility guy working some at-bats here there. I don't think that guy, even though he's 27 uh, and he's shown some promise, it's and it's too early. I hate to be one of those guys, but he just hasn't looked good. Has he been oh, 48? He's been 048. Like, I don't. I just don't see anything there. I mean, work him in again. If he could play a little first base, give Wisdom some off days, uh, move Morell around the center field on certain days too. Um, Rafael Ortega is a player I like. I like him as a fourth or fifth outfielder on a team. Bashes righties, but he doesn't need any at bats. We know what we we know what we've gotten him. So I wouldn't be even be surprised if he got cut if they DFA'd him. That could be a thing. No sweat off my back here. I'm saying I don't mind him. I like Ortega's a guy that's just he's just fine. Um, a lot of Cubs fans don't like him, but you only don't like him because he should he he shouldn't have 500 at bats. But if he was on your team and he gave you 250, 300 at bats off the bench, you'd love him. You'd like him just fine. Like oh, this guy's fine. Yeah, he's a good bench bat. I'm cool with him. Uh, but yeah, he's getting just he was getting way too many at bats just because that was just the nature of this Cubs roster. As Wilson Contreras said before the trade deadline, the Cubs weren't trying to win this year, which is well documented. Um, they could have done better if there wasn't pitching injuries, of course, but we know, we know what we know. All right. So that's basically what I want to say about Jason Hayward. I hope he becomes a coach for the Cubs in the near future, 2024 season. That'd be something special. Um, I'll always remember the speech because the fact that there's some people who question the truth of that speech, they interviewed all the players and it was simultaneous interviews. And they all said, Jason Hayward, I think there's some, some conspiracy as they're jumping up and down going, by the way, Give Jay Hay credit. Give Jay Hay credit. No, he obviously had an impact there. So I love the home run he hit off a hater, Josh Hader, which shut Brewers up, Brewers fans up. That was amazing. Walk off against the Brewers. He was the guy who slid into home um, when Lester had that bunt. He had a rocket of arm. I was at a game in San Francisco, Cubs Giants in 2016, where he made one of the greatest catches I ever saw. I thought he died on the play because he like dove onto the warning track and banged his head into the wall. I'm like, oh my God, what a great catch. But I think I just witnessed a, a death. He's, he's, I just saw someone die, and this is going to affect me emotionally for the rest of my life. That's what I was going through in the moment, but thankfully he lived. Um, yeah, there was just, look, he had some good seasons too, quietly. 2020, he had a good season. 2019, he was all right. Just never, I mean, when we got him, people were saying, wow, the Cubs added a potential MVP bat. They really thought this was a guy who, because he was entering his prime years. And to go back to Matt Clapp's point is, yeah, it was the right decision. Because the Cubs 2015 had bad outfield defense. And weren't a very good base running team. And Jason Hayward solved two of those things. And even if he didn't take that next level as a hitter, no one thought he was going to drop off the way he did. It is one of the more crazy things. But you can make the right decision and end up with the wrong result. Now, say Shohei Otani, the Cubs go out and sign him two years from now, and all of a sudden he sucks. Will you say it was a bad signing or will you just say it was a bad result? See, there's a difference. I'll give it to you, and this is how I'm going to end the podcast. I wanted to make this one a tight 20-minute one. I think all of them are going to be about 20 minutes. That way I could do more of them for you. And again, thanks for listening to True Blue Cubs Podcast. I'm your boy, Joe Kilgallen, Station ID. And uh, I'll, I'll use the poker reference for you. You got pocket aces. You know, the other guy's got kings. He goes all in. You call him. Was that the right decision? Of course it was the right decision. You have aces. Are you guaranteed to win? Now. 
the flop could come two kings and you're fucked. You know, it's just aces get busted all the time. You could go out there and make the right move and it just doesn't work out sometimes. That's how that happens. That's why I warn people against rebuilds. I think rebuilds are smart, but don't automatically think because the rebuild led to a ring last time, it was going to lead to one this time. You still have to spend. And that's why I hope the Cubs start spending sooner than later. And don't be afraid of spending. And if you're going to be a team that's afraid of spending, well, then cut your ticket prices in half. You want to act like Tampa? Then really act like Tampa. Okay? But lines for the bathroom would be a lot smaller. Uh, my point is that like, there's been teams that could do everything right. It's, it's just hard. It's hard to win in baseball. It's hard to win in any sport. Uh, that's why I'll never get upset when teams go for it when they can. Can't get mad about that. Like, who knows? The, the Padres might, you know, this this Tatis trade, not Tatis, I'm sorry, uh, Soto trade might haunt them. The guys they gave up might become superstars. And maybe Soto doesn't extend with them. I, as a Padre fan, though, I'm still happy they took that risk. Life's short. Go out there and take the risk. I hope you guys uh, take take a risk today. Was that like my Jerry uh, Springer final thought way to end this episode of the podcast? Ah, whatever. You guys are the best. Uh, thanks for listening. Jason Hayward, thank you for being a Cub all these years. Didn't quite work out the way we wanted to, but we still love you. You're a great teammate, and hopefully one day you'll be uh, coaching from the bench. All right. Cheers. Go Cubs.